Chapter Fourteen of the Story of Eclipses. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Olson Fytak, Los Angeles. The Story of Eclipses by George Chambers. Chapter Fourteen. The Electric Telegraph as Applied to Eclipses of the Sun amongst the auxiliary agencies which have been brought into use in recent years to enable astronomers the better to carry out systematic observations of eclipses of the sun the electric telegraph occupies a place which may hereafter become prominent as it is not likely that this little book will fall into the hands of any persons who would be able to make much use of telegraphy in connection with eclipse observations it will not be necessary to give much space to the matter but a few outlines will certainly be interesting when the idea of utilizing the telegraph wire first came into men's minds it was with the object of enabling observers who saw the commencement of an eclipse at one end of the line of totality to give cautionary notices to observers farther on or towards the far end of special points which had been seen at the beginning of the totality and as to which confirmatory observations at a later hour were evidently very desirable it is obvious that a scheme of this kind depends for its success upon each end or something like it of the line of totality being in telegraphic communication with the other end and this involves a combination of favorable circumstances not likely to exist at every occurrence of a total eclipse and in general only likely to prevail in the case of eclipses visible over inhabited territory such as the two americas europe and parts of asia this use of the telegraph was i think first proposed as far back as eighteen seventy eight by an american astronomer in connection with the total eclipse of that year his proposal fell upon sympathetic ears with the result that arrangements were concluded with the western union telegraph company of north america for the expeditious forwarding of messages from northern stations on the eclipse line to southern stations some attention was being given at that time to the question of intramercurial planets and it was thought that if by good fortune any such objects were unexpectedly found at the northern station and observers at a southern station could be advised of the fact there might be a better chance of procuring an accurate and precise record of the discovery as it happened nothing came of it on that occasion but the idea of utilizing the telegraph having once taken possession of men's minds it was soon seen what important possibilities were opened up the want of telegraph organization curiously made itself felt in the egyptian eclipse of eighteen eighty two it is stated in another chapter of this work that during the total phase a comet was unexpectedly discovered now comets sometimes move very rapidly especially when they are near the sun 
and had it been possible to have warned some observer to the east of egypt to look out for this comet and had he seen it even only a couple of hours after it had been found in egypt some data respecting its position might have been obtained which would have permitted a rough estimate being formed of its movement through the heavens such an estimate might have enabled astronomers to have hunted up the comet at sunset or sunrise on the days immediately following the eclipse as it happened however the comet was not seen again in eighteen eighty two and so far as we know may never be seen again it was not till eighteen eighty nine that a complete organization of a telegraph service in connection with an eclipse was accomplished the eclipse of january first of that year began in the pacific and the line of totality touched land in california passing across north america to manitoba the first californian station was at willows and was occupied by a party from harvard college observatory who were supplied with an unusually complete equipment of photographic apparatus together with a large camera for charting all the stars in the neighborhood of the sun so as to detect an intramercurial planet if one existed the telegraph scheme which had to be worked out was somewhat complicated and one of the chief actors in the scene has furnished a fairly full account of what was done first of all a complete list of the instruments and of the work proposed to be done by them had to be prepared the weather probabilities being everywhere very unsatisfactory there was a possibility of all degrees of success or failure and one thing which had to be prearranged for each station was a cipher code which should be available for all the likely combinations of instruments weather and results it was found that about one hundred words would suffice for the necessary code including words which would indicate in a sufficiently precise manner the position of any new planet which a photograph might disclose the following being a part of the code prescribed for use at willows will serve to indicate the nature of the whole scheme africa perfectly clear throughout the whole eclipse alaska perfectly clear during totality belgium clear sky for the partial phases but cloudy for totality bolivia entirely cloudy throughout the whole eclipse brazil observed all the contacts bremen observed three of the contacts ceylon made observations on the shadow bands chile observed lines of the reversing layer visually china the corona showed great detail cork obtained forty to fifty negatives during totality corsica obtained fifty to sixty negatives during totality crimea obtained sixty to seventy negatives during totality cuba observed a comet
upwards of twenty codes were prepared for the like number of stations and the observers were to report their results at the earliest possible moment on a rehearsal of the programme the thought occurred that the sending and reception of so many cipher messages in the ordinary course of business might lead to delays which would be productive of serious inconvenience and that the success of the whole scheme could be only well assured if a special wire in direct circuit from new york to the eclipse stations in turn could be dedicated to the work thanks to the liberality of the western union telegraph company this privilege was secured and a branch wire was led across from the company's new york office to the office of the new york herald which journal had undertaken to be responsible for the non-astronomical part of the business mrs todd gives the following account of the final arrangements and of how they began to work when the moment for action arrived from san francisco every california observer was within easy telegraphic reach and the wire thus extended by direct circuit to each eclipse station in turn from the editorial rooms of the herald professor todd was in immediate communication with any observers whom he chose to call as previously intimated arrangements had been made with the harvard astronomers at willows to receive their message first and with the utmost dispatch in order to test the feasibility of outstripping the moon shortly before five o'clock in the afternoon dispatches began to come in of course a slight delay was unavoidable as the observers at the various stations were some rods distant from the local telegraph offices and it would take a few minutes after the eclipse was over to prepare the suitable message from the cipher code on the astronomer's table in the herald office were a large map and a chronometer the latter indicated exact greenwich time and the former showed the correct position of the moon's shadow at the beginning of every minute by the chronometer in this way it was possible to follow readily the precise phase of the eclipse at every station about the rooms and accessible for immediate use were arranged the cipher codes pertaining to the several stations and other papers necessary in preparing the reports for the press everything being as was supposed in working order new york about a quarter of an hour before totality commenced inquired of willows the state of the weather the answer was that the sky was getting dark and that there were no clouds anywhere near the sun at that time the moon's shadow was travelling across the open waters of the pacific it rapidly rushed along totality came and went at willows a two minutes glimpse of the corona was had and the corona swept rapidly eastwards after a brief interval professor pickering sent off from willows a telegram which began alaska china corsica and then the connection failed the break was located somewhere between california and utah and more than half an hour elapsed ere the circuit was re-established and the rest of the message received the remainder of the thrilling incidents of that eventful day cannot 
possibly be better told than in mrs todd's crisp and striking language during this interval the lunar shadow advancing over montana and dakota had left the earth entirely sweeping off again into space still however the prospect that the telegraph might win the race was hopeful had new york been located in the eclipse path as well as willows with both stations symmetrically placed the total eclipse would have become visible at new york about an hour and a quarter after the shadow had left california thus there was time to spare having recovered the wire professor pickering's message was completed at ten hours thirty-six minutes gmt the cipher translated and the stenographer's notes were written out and dispatched to the composing room six minutes later the copy was quickly put in type and the hurried proof handed to professor todd at ten hours fifty minutes exactly an hour of absolute time after the observations were concluded had the moon's shadow been advancing from california toward new york there was still a margin of several minutes before the eclipse could become total at the latter place in point of fact while the proof sheet of the first message was being read the lunar shadow would have been loitering among the alleghanies man's messenger had thus outrun the moon the telegraphic reports of the other astronomers were gradually gathered and put in type and the forms of the herald were ready for the stereotyper at the proper time some two hours after midnight at three o'clock a m the european mails closed and the pouches put on board the steamship aller carried the usual copies for the foreign circulation within twenty four hours after the observations of the eclipse were made near the pacific coast the results had been telegraphed to the atlantic seaboard collected and printed and the papers were well out on their journey to european readers the foregoing narrative will make amply clear the future possibilities of telegraphy as a coadjutor of astronomy in the observation of total eclipses of the sun and if the will and the funds are forthcoming the eclipse of may twenty eighth nineteen hundred will afford an excellent opportunity of again putting to the test the excellent ideas of which our american friends worked out so successfully ten years ago the zone of totality in that eclipse passing as it will through so many of the densely populated southern states of north america and then through portugal spain and algiers great facilities will present themselves for telegraphic combinations if political and financial difficulties do not interfere end of chapter fourteen recorded by linda olson Fytak, los angeles